Um, hey y'all. <laughs> this is Kaylin. If all goes according to plan, you are listening to the first episode of, I don't know, insert podcast name here. Yeah, I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while now, but I've never really gotten across to it because, I don't know, like, okay, I've recorded podcasts with my friends and stuff, and I guess obviously it's easier to do it that way because the conversation is more natural and the spotlight isn't like on me the entire time because I don't, like I can ramble through text and stuff, but I just get tired of speaking for too long. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I don't really know how a podcast featuring solely myself is going to go, but I don't know. Here we are testing it out. So we'll freaking see. Um... I'm going to try to make this as natural as possible. I'm going to try to edit as minimally as possible because whenever I'm editing like videos of mine and stuff, I find myself literally editing like every pause in speech and every time I say like or um and I'm not going to try I'm, I'm not going to do that here. Yeah, so sorry if it takes me a while to get to get around to some points. I'll 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 get the hang of this. Anyway, the reason that I wanted to start this podcast in the first place, well, not in the first place, the reason that I wanted to start it right now was because, I don't I was editing and scripting this video about, you know, Asian American, Asian Americans and their relationship with the Black Lives Matter movement because I've seen some disconcerting stuff on Twitter, to say the least, over the past few days. I was going to say past few weeks. Now it's been the past few days, which is kind of appalling. So full disclosure, I'm going to be reading. So like I scripted out the first part of it where I'm talking about this one specific incident just because I wanted to organize my thoughts and it kind of, I don't know, I was like extremely angry about the situation at first, but then I don't know, like writing out all my thoughts kind of calmed me down. So if my voice gets a little bit monotonous, more so than usual. It's because I'm reading from the script or like I'm reading some sort of like blurb that I wrote for the first part of the video, which I think I'm gonna turn into like kind of like a documentary or a docu-series on Asian Americans in general. But anyway, yeah, apologies if it sounds like I'm reading from something because I probably am. But okay, I'll, I'll just clarify it when we get, when we get down the road, okay. So, on August 10th, a black woman posted a picture showing off her new tattoo of a red dragon. And she was also wearing a couple of, like, stick-like objects in her hair, you know? Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe I could, like, I don't know, ooh, I'm gonna sound real professional with this. I could post the link in the show notes, whatever that means. I just, I just hear podcasters say it a lot, so I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna, like, post a bunch of these links that I'm talking about in, I don't know, whatever description box. Anyway, so she posted this picture, right? And right away, there were a bunch of angry Asians in the comments who were extremely quick to say that this was cultural appropriation, right? And some people were pointing out that the red dragon was a popular Chinese symbol of power and good luck in East Asian culture. And other people were calling the sticks in her hair quote-unquote chopsticks. They were saying they were chopsticks 
and they tried to make the case that she was going for some sort of disrespectful, stereotypical, you know, caricatured Asian look, which I didn't really... That wasn't the vibe that I was getting from the picture, but anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, there was just... There, there were a bunch of Asians that were angry about this black woman and the look that she posted online, right? It turns out that the chopsticks in her hair were actually hairpins, which actually have roots in a lot of African cultures, but that didn't stop Asian people from making assumptions and straight up attacking this woman. Okay, when I say Asian people in this, I'm not, I don't mean to general, well, I am generalizing in some capacity, but it's like, you know, like, it goes without saying, like, not all Asians. Like, if you're listening to this and you want to be like, oh my god, not me. I was not upset by this look. I'm not, I do not wish to be associated with this narrative. Just, just save it. Like, I, I get it. Not all Asians, but th there were, there were a huge amount of Asians that were angry and saying this disgusting stuff to her, right? There were Asian Twitter users bringing the Black Lives Matter movement into the mix and saying things like, I can't believe I supported BLM when black people turn around and do nothing for us but appropriate our culture. Like, literally, that's I think that's like verbatim one of the comments that I saw. There were people rescinding their support for black lives just because a black woman, one black woman, got a tattoo and was wearing quote-unquote chopsticks that didn't even turn out to be chopsticks in her hair. And it's just really ironic uh because a lot of the people that were saying i never should have supported blm if black people are gonna act like this they had the black power fist in their bio these were the same people that had hashtag blm in their bio i mean the black power fist in their profile picture but you you, you get the picture that i'm painting right it is performative conditional activism at at its highest point, you know what I mean? I found that freaking disgusting that Asian people would literally see this black woman, this singular black woman wearing a red dragon tattoo and hairpins in her hair and they were suddenly like, oh, well, guess I don't support black lives anymore. Guess that's it, we're gonna, we're gonna pack it up for today. That's, that's, I, I was waiting, that, you know what that says? It says that you were waiting, you were praying on the downfall of, of one black person that that's really what it what it what it what it like conveys is that you were waiting for a black person to mess up so that you could go ahead and take advantage of that opportunity and be like oh well that's exactly why we shouldn't support black lives that's exactly why asian americans should not be allies to the black community it was fucking bullshit bro it got me so fucking mad because okay and like oh okay let me let me i deviated from the script a little bit let me let me go back and retrace my steps so that i can get my bearings about me and and read some things that i wrote um um oh i wrote that this like this type of behavior that asian people were exhibiting in the comment section was basically, in a way, it was, it revealed that they were 
Like, it's ironic that they were calling this black woman out for appropriating Asian culture, right? And it, it, it kind of, their, their willingness to rescind their support for BLM is kind of indicative of them appropriating Black Lives Matter as a trend. I know that's probably not the correct use of the word in that context, but it's just like, it's, it's hypocritical. Like, why would you have BLM in your bio and then the second, like, a black woman does something that might be problematic that ended up not really being problematic, in my opinion, and then the second that something like that happens, you're like, oh, Black Lives Matter, it's over. It's over. It's not, it's not even a problem worthy of my consideration anymore. Like, you're stupid, bro. You're dumb. Anyway. Um, okay. I went off script there, too. Um, all right. Okay, I- I'm gonna read. They were so bold, <laughs> and they were using the when I when I say they, I mean like the Asians in the comment section that were calling this woman out and rescinding their support for Black Lives. They were so bold, and they were using the same generalizing logic that's behind all the the Chinese virus discourse that we're seeing right now. Like that that so many Asian people are speaking up about that shows that our proximity to whiteness. Oh yeah, I'm Asian by the way. In case you couldn't tell, in case you don't know me in real life and you're just listening to this, I'm Asian. I'm not Chinese, um, but I'm Asian. Um, yeah, they they were they were using the same generalizing logic that's being used to vilify Asians for the coronavirus, um, and they were applying that to use the actions of of one black person to make generalizations about the entire black community that justified their own hatred and fear. And this is exactly why people say that intersectional allyship is a myth. This is exactly why black people don't feel like they can count on the allyship of other communities. It's because we turn around and we do shit like this. You know what I mean? Because see how quickly, see how quickly the Asian community is to rescind its support for Black Lives Matter just because of one black person's actions. It shows that we aren't willing to be allies in the first place. It shows that our allyship was performative. The way that Asians in particular reacted to this picture was freaking disgusting in my opinion and it was really it was really jarring how willing and eager it seemed like we were eager how willing and eager Asian people were to go at this girl for touting a simple tattoo on her neck that wasn't even inherently disrespectful I will say I will reiterate actually, that I'm not Chinese. So the significance of the red dragon isn't particularly near and dear to my heart. And I know it's not necessarily my subject to speak on, but this girl clearly did not have any ill intent. All right. She wasn't stereotyping Asian culture, dude. She literally got one neck tattoo and people made all of these assumptions and they were revealing their anti-blackness. That's what they were fucking doing in the comment section. And it's funny it's funny because it seems like people were being so much more vocal and bold about this than they were about like far more instances of white people, you know, white people appropriating Asian culture. And you, you know why, you know why. If you're listening to this, you know why. It's because, how do I, how 
do I explain that? We suck up to white people, you know? Like, I don't, like, I don't know how to put it eloquently. We just, like, Asians, I have noticed in this country, have a tendency to suck up to white people. It's the same mentality, I think, that lets, like, all these Asian girls let their white friends call them, like, chink or ling ling or, like, other derogatory stuff like that. And they, they don't bat an eye, right? They don't bat an eye when white people do it. But the second something like, like, like a black woman getting a neck tattoo that resembles a symbol from Asian culture, the second that happens, it's like all hell breaks loose. Like there's clearly a double standard and it's because we, how do I, I don't, I, like I don't know how to put this eloquently. Like we just want to be as close to whiteness as possible because we benefit from our general proximity to whiteness. We, by vilifying black people when they, by being so eager to vilify black people and being not as eager to stand up against our white oppressors, it's like we, we did, it's like, it's like, it's like calculated, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it, like, I just have a bunch of thoughts jumbled in my head, this is not in the script, by the way, I'm just rambling, but it's, it, it all seems just calculated that we're, we're bashing this black woman, it's because at the end of the day, that puts, a, that puts us closer to whiteness, you know what I mean, that puts us closer to whiteness, that puts us in a position where we can benefit from that proximity to whiteness, so it's like, it's like there are no, it seems like there are no repercussions. Um, it seems like there are no repercussions to attacking a black person for alleged cultural appropriation, right? But there are repercussions to standing up against a white person who's appropriating our culture. And I feel like that's why, the, the way that I'm reasoning this is like that's why people were being so cruel in the comment section is because they're, that double standard, that double standard does exist. All right. Okay, I'm listening to this back right now, and really quick thing. I realized that I didn't emphasize enough how valid it is to stand up for yourself, for your culture, when you think that you are witnessing an instance of cultural appropriation. Like, I think it is perfectly valid for people to question why this black woman got a red dragon tattoo that's symbolic in Chinese culture. Like, why did she have to get this tattoo? I think it's perfectly valid to respectfully bring that up to be like, hey, you might want to know that there's a history behind this in case you didn't already. But the problem lies in people's responses to it that were just coming at her so personally and with such venom and the it, the problem lies in the people seeing this and being like okay i'm done supporting all black people i'm done supporting blm i should have never supported blm that's where the problem lies it is perfectly valid to call out instances of cultural appropriation but i'm just saying that there seems to be a double standard and rescinding your support for the movement because of the actions of one black woman, that, that just seems like you were going to do it in the first place. You know what I mean? Anyway, on with the podcast. Like, okay, 
it, it just seems like, like like we were waiting for an excuse to hate on the black community as, as Asians, okay? So moving, not moving on, moving into a specific facet of this problem. Asians in the comments were drawing what I saw to be inappropriate parallels between the appropriation of black culture and the appropriation of Asian culture. There were people being like, oh, so when non-black people wear box braids and dreads, it's considered offensive. But when non-Asian people wear chopsticks, it's okay, right? First of all, they weren't freaking chopsticks in her hair, dude. They were hairpins. And, oh yeah, and I, I forgot to mention that tattoo. Like, like when non-Asian people get tattoos symbolizing something from Asian culture, like, it's, it's not offensive, right? Like, both of those things are offensive. But something I think a lot of people, a lot of Asian people fail to realize is how the stakes are vastly different. You know what I mean? Like, okay, there's this great short film that I saw on Twitter called Hoopla, written and directed by Daisy Cornejo, that illustrates this concept really concisely, nicely. I don't, I don't know. Today, okay, if a black person or a Latina person were to wear something like hoops in a contemporary or professional setting. Their employer might see that and label them as quote-unquote hood or ghetto or any other damaging stereotypical thing that indicates some sort of character defect or lack of professionalism. That judgment, that image, probably will affect their job or their job prospects or something. Like they might be told to like take, take that off because it's unprofessional or something, you know? Their decision to wear something from their culture might tangibly affect their job because of people's preconceived notions about their racial or ethnic group. Meanwhile, other people in the outgroup who wear hoops don't have to worry about these stereotypes like me. I used to literally be known for wearing these freaking big hoop earrings because I wore them so often. And not once was I concerned as an Asian that people would see me as lesser than. I just thought hoop earrings were a cool fashion statement and that was pretty freaking ignorant of me. Not only that, but that's incredibly frustrating for the people who can't wear things from their cultures because they'll be penalized for it in a systemic way, right, in their own institutions. To see other people taking whatever they want from your culture without understanding it and without tangible consequence, that's, that's cultural appropriation, right? And I would definitely agree that wearing chopsticks in your hair and getting a cultural significant tattoo while you're in the outgroup without first understanding its significance is cultural appropriation. But in the case of this woman, okay, I, I reiterate this, the, the quote-unquote chopsticks were actually hairpins. And we don't know that she doesn't understand the cultural significance of a red dragon. And not even just that, like, as I said, the stakes are different. If I, as an Asian woman, were to go out and wear chopsticks in my hair, if I were to go out and get a tattoo that's culturally, that's culturally significant to me, that, that belongs to my culture, the consequences would be different. I might get bullied by non-Asian people for wearing stuff that looks 
weird to them. Or I might get labeled a weeb or called a chink. Nowadays, I might even get people blaming me for the Chinese virus when they see those things on my body. All these things are really bad, right? And they shouldn't happen. But if I were to show up to work in these things, I don't think I'd face any institutional consequences. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be labeled unprofessional or unrefined. My employer probably wouldn't make judgments about me, unsavory judgments about me for wearing chopsticks in my hair or wearing a tattoo that is culturally significant to East Asian culture. Like, I I wouldn't be harassed. I, I, the harassment I might face isn't as severe or systemic, emphasis on systemic, as the harassment a black woman might face for wearing the cultural hairstyles or accessories that are frequently appropriated by non-black people. You know, I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I, I don't mean to rank our struggles in order of easiest to hardest, but I do think it's important to recognize that distinction. You know, when we're making, when we're making statements like, oh, when black people do it, it's okay, but when people appropriate Asian culture, like, no, no one says anything. Like, you, you've got to consider that the stakes are different. You know what I mean? Like, at the very least, to become more empathetic and aware. When we're talking about cultural appropriation, it's like you have to understand that certain groups of people simply have more to lose because of the way things are, because of the way society is structured and vilifies certain groups of people to a greater extent than it vilifies other groups of people. And consider that that's what dictates the fervor of response to certain incidents of cultural appropriation between different cultures, you know what I mean? You have to understand that the appropriation of black culture by non-black people is obviously going to be considered more quote-unquote serious because of how violently violently and tangibly, institutions currently vilify the presence of blackness in black people. Like, Asian cultural appropriation is something we should definitely take seriously, that's no question, but we also just need to be considering context and consequence, and that's why those, those comments that were comparing black cultural appropriation and Asian cultural appropriation, they didn't sit right with me because they can't, they can't be compared. It's not right to compare them. Well, I just compared them, but they're not on the same scale. Do you know what I'm, I feel like you get what I'm saying if you're listening to this. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so that's, that was basically all I had to say about the incident with the woman who got the dragon tattoo and was wearing the hairpins in her hair. And <laughs> like right after that, okay, this part I don't have scripted. Like I only scripted that incident. Like, I only scripted a spiel about that incident. But there are other things that came out this past week that really illustrates the double standard that there is, uh, you know, on the part of Asians. Because there was this freaking video, I'm not going to pull it up right now, and it's, it's just fresh in my memory, of this, like, Asian hair studio. I'm not sure if it was in Asia, if it was an Asian-American hair studio, but it was Asian people and they were running this salon 
where they were essentially braiding or like texturing Asian hair to look like, to resemble black hair. And black hair and Asian hair are, they work differently, dude. Like they just, they just work differently. They were putting Asian hair in, in braids that black people typically wear because it helps their hair grow or it helps preserve their hair. They were, they were doing that to Asian people and it's like, first of all, why would you do that? That's freaking painful because our hair isn't suited to those types of hairstyles. Second of all, it's fucking cultural appropriation. It's fucking cultural appropriation. And it is Asian people appropriating black culture, right? The, 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 the instance I was just talking about was one of a black person allegedly appropriating Asian culture. This one was, this was a different, ins this was, like, it's just interesting to, to, to gauge the reaction because I didn't see any Asians in the comments being like, oh my god, this is disgusting. Like, at the, at the, at the hair salon that's putting black hairstyles on Asian people's hair. Like, I didn't see any Asians really speaking out about it. Um, meanwhile, they were so vocal about the, the cultural appropriation instance with the black woman with the dragon tattoo, but anyway, clearly there's a double standard there. Um, and like, it was, like, I, I saw black people in the comments, though, and they were rightfully pointing out that, like, like they were calling into, they were bringing up the Asian response, the, the overwhelmingly angry response by many Asians to the woman with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> Sorry. To the woman with the dragon tattoo, and they were like, Asian people appropriate black culture themselves, right? They appropriate black culture themselves. We appropriate. I'm, sorry, I'm trying to use we so that I don't like, I don't like polarize people or anything. Because this, this is my problem too. Like I'm, I'm part of the Asian community. So we take aspects from black culture all the time. And it, what's notable about this is like, this was a whole shop. Like this was a for-profit thing. Like it was orchestrated. It was a systemic thing that people were doing to appropriate black hairstyles. And the, the, the crickets, <laughs> the crickets that you heard from Asian people um, regarding this video, it was, it was deafening, dude. Like, why aren't we speaking out about this instance? Why aren't we taking accountability for this instance? Like, it didn't make sense to me. Like, it just, I don't, like, it was indicative of how Asian people will take from black culture and expect there to be no consequences. And meanwhile, black people, if a black person takes from Asian culture, Asian people act like they don't even appropriate cultures themselves. You know what I mean? I don't, it's like this holier-than-thou mentality that we have, I guess. I'm, I'm really not articulating this well enough. Um, but anyway, yeah, there was that instance. And it's just like, black people are vilified so universally and it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why? Like, why? It doesn't make any sense. And it's just cruel at this point, you know what I mean? Like, we should know better. And it's frustrating to see because I'm part of this community that 
it feels like we have this really specific, unique, insidious relationship with anti-blackness where we... Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a little bit. Like, there, there was also this video of an Asian boba tea shop who appropriated the use of AAV, African American Vernacular English. Um, I, I don't know if they call it like trap tea or something. And if that wasn't bad enough, excuse me, if that wasn't bad enough, turns out they stole the name, they stole the name of their shop from a black tea shop owner. So it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why, why do we keep stealing from black culture, you know? And why do we act so appalled, so holier than thou, when a black woman takes from Asian culture? I say a black woman takes from Asian culture. I don't really think she was taken from Asian culture, but I'm just, I'm just like framing it in the eyes of, I don't know, the people who did think that what she did was an instance of cultural appropriation. Like, why is the reaction so different? Why do we hold them to such a different standard? And it's like, black culture is appropriated so much in the Asian community, right? Like, Aquafina, she has infamously climbed <laughs> the, the entertainment hierarchy. She's climbed, I, I don't really know how to say, she's climbed to fame. I don't really know if that's grammatically correct, but she has climbed to fame uh, through using a really awful black scent all the time, especially like when she wants to make a joke or a character out of it. Um, she uses this black scent. So many Asian influencers, Bretman Rock uses a black scent as well. I love his content, but like he uses a black scent. A lot of Asian people use black scents to basically put on this like minstrel show for white people and portray themselves as like I don't even know how to and portray themselves as like humorous or unrefined and it's like I, I say unrefined in quote marks um but it's like they do it for a very specific purpose and that is performing blackness as an Asian person is compelling to people for some reason I don't know why so people Asian people do it so often and it's like I am also guilty of doing this like i speaking from my own experience in starting from middle school it's a whole thing i'll probably do a video about this at some point starting middle school i started like using aaa <laughs> whoa i had a little bit of a stroke there i started using aave because i thought it somehow distanced me from the the proximity to whiteness that I enjoyed as an Asian American because I I didn't like being seen as so close to white. I didn't like being seen as this, I don't know, like proper, uh, prim, quiet little Asian girl. So I was like, okay, so for shock value, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say, play, like, I was like, for shock value, I'm going to appropriate AAVE that I racistly, ignorantly saw as, I don't like the the opposite of refined. So I was like, I'm taking all these aspects from Black culture in an effort to differentiate myself from other model minority type Asians. 
so that people think my personality is compelling, right? And I feel like a lot of Asians do that with black culture. I feel like I'm not the only one who's done it because I see, like, it's almost like Asians take, like, there's a certain type of, and, like, not not even to mention, like, how we've literally appropriated black culture to the extent that it's become a trend among, it's become, like, culture, like, we've assimilated it into our culture we've absorbed it into our culture in like a really damaging way like the the asian baby girl stereotype the abg stereotype that is based in black female stereotypes so it's like we appropriate black culture so often that we literally have a name for it in our community and yet we never talk about it you know like we ne- like i feel like a lot of asian people try to I, I don't know, over, I don't want to say overcompensate because that sounds extremely mean, but speaking from my own experience performing blackness as like a young girl, I was overcompensating for what I saw on my part as like a lack of color. And you can't see me, but I was like, quote unquote, a lack of color. And I was watching a video about this the other day too. It's like Asians, Asian children, especially, this wasn't like a study or anything. This was just just like another girl also speaking on her own experience. It's like Asian children trying to find ways to like rebel against the the rigid, stiff like uh, like obedient caricatures of ourselves. And I feel like the way that we tend to do that is by turning to black culture and stealing from black culture, and that's not okay. And that is a part of our of the prolific anti-blackness in our community, you know what I mean? Okay, hey y'all, it's me from the future. There's a great article on this topic of Asian Americans and the appropriation of black culture called Performing Blackness Won't Fill Our Asian American Culture Deficit by Mi-Ching M. Zhang that I'm also gonna link in the description. And it talks about how because Asian Americans don't necessarily inhabit a distinct cultural space in the united states we tend to turn to black culture which is already so rich and hyper visible to essentially help us distance ourselves from the colonial image of the model minority which you could argue is like one of the only truly sustaining prominent markers of asian american culture even though it's rooted in a damaging stereotype and it's interesting to consider how the Asian American community in particular doesn't necessarily have a distinct culture of our own and that's not at all to say that we don't carry our own rich cultural practices and history from the places that our ancestors came from but like I feel like we're still in the process of really establishing our cultural footprint in this country specifically. Um, There aren't very many cornerstones of the Asian American experience that bind us together that come to my mind, obviously because, you know, the Asian community is so diverse and it is not monolithic. And that's another thing that we don't talk about often. I think that's a conversation that we also need to have. So instead of appropriating black culture in order to fill that deficit that we seem to have, we really should work on developing what it means to be Asian American on its own and to have this identity and really figure out what that means and what we stand for and what binds us together in the context of this country. Anyway. I don't know. At this point, I'm just rambling, but it's just like, 
we have such a unique relationship with black culture, with anti-blackness, that we will literally, we will steal aspects from black culture. We will claim it as our own. We'll turn black people into like a punchline or we'll use their fashion. We won't give them anything in return. We will perpetuate colorism in our communities. We will teach our children to be afraid of black people. We, the, the list goes on, as you can tell. The list freaking goes on. We will do all of these things and then it's, <laughs> and then it's like, oh my God, this, this, this one black girl, like did, like she appropriated in culture. Like I'm, I'm done with black people. I'm, I'm done with black lives. I'm done with BLM. Like what? That's stupid. That's hypocritical. It doesn't make any, no, it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't understand how you can be that ignorant and tone deaf to your own, how you can be that out of touch with your own behavior that you can react in that way. Like, I don't know. And like, this is also a conversation that's I've seen happen among Asian people who have been reluctant to accept the Black Lives Matter movement. I remember, I don't want to say his name and I don't want to detail the, uh, the, the scenario um, too vividly because I don't want this guy to like find out about this and come for me. But I was like, I was voicing my support for the Black Lives Matter movement, right? And this other Asian guy, he was like, what have black people done for us? That was essentially his stance. He was like, what have black people done for us? Why should I support them? He was like, oh, so we're going to support black lives, but, but when, when black people like Nicki Minaj appropriate Asian culture, when, when, when black rappers turn like the Wu-Tang Clan into a thing that's, that's clearly appropriating Asian culture, we're not going to say anything. Like, what do you want? What do you want me to say, dude? It's like, what, what, like, it's like you weren't voicing your, God, I can't even find the word. You weren't voicing your opposition to these things when they were happening. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's like, it's like, it's like the same rhetoric as all lives matter. It's like you weren't standing up for the Asian community when it needed standing up for. You're only bringing up the act of, the hypothetical act of standing up for the Asian community when black people are standing up for themselves, when other people are standing up for black people. You're bringing it up as a counter argument. You're not doing any of the work yourself to uh, like rebuild and preserve your own community. Like, it only matters to you when it's in comparison to black people. It only matters to you when it can be used as a counter argument to belittle the Black Lives Matter movement. And for what? What do you gain? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, God, it, it, it makes me so annoyed. It's just so hypocritical and so many Asians have this mentality that black people are supposed to bear the brunt of civil rights advocacy in in every sense. They're supposed to fix the problems, not just in their own communities, but in every other ethnic community. Like, like we treat black people like pack mules for fights against racial injustice. And it's like, do the work in your own community. Take, take charge in your own community. If you're Asian and you see problems in the Asian community, don't be like, oh, where are the black people helping us? It's not black people's responsibility to help us. And why 
Why, why do you expect them to? It doesn't make any sense. Do the work yourself. Organize, get other Asian people to, to fight for what you believe in, what you believe the change your community needs to see is. Fight for that on your own. And then also fight for black lives because they need fighting for because they are so systemically, violently oppressed in this country, in, in, in predominantly white institutions, literally like hmm, so many other places in the world. Like, I don't understand why Asian Americans standing up for black lives is so conditional. You know what I mean? And it's like, even... It seems like even when we do put BLM in our bios, when we do speak out about instances against police brutality, we are waiting, like we are waiting for the next black person to make a mistake. Like like this black woman who got that tattoo, we are waiting for an instance like that. We are waiting to take advantage of an instance like that so that we can be like, oh, well, that's why we don't support the black community. It's disgusting. It's so indicative of our proximity to whiteness. Like, I, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. I've said what I wanted to say. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Like, I, I've been very frustrated the past few months about how a lot of Asians have reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's just like, it's really disgusting. I don't know. I just, ugh, I don't know. Like, it's like, does, it makes me question, like, does it, like, how do we even get Asian allyship to exist? How do we get it to sustain itself? How do we sustain our energy for the Black Lives Matter movement as an Asian community when so many Asian people have such intense prejudices against the Black community that they're willing to literally exploit any mistake that one Black person makes to excuse their anti-Blackness? Like, I don't... It, it makes... Like, it makes me feel hopeless in a sense, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine how black people feel when they see other racial and ethnic groups behaving this way. Like when they see Asian people in their comment section, when like, like when a woman just wants to show off a cute tattoo that she got, when they see Asians in their comment section canceling the entire Black Lives Matter movement, Black Lives Matter movement because of something that they've done, it's like, damn, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how freaking dreadful that must be, bro. Jesus. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I went there, but I feel like it has to be said, you know? Like, when, like, the traction for the Black Lives Matter movement was picking up around May, a lot of Asians were making these vague references to anti-blackness in their communities. We must stand up for anti-blackness. We must stand up against the anti-blackness in our communities. Like, I, I saw that phrase a lot. I'm guilty of using it myself. We need to be specific about what these instances of anti-blackness are. We need to iron it out. Like, we, we need to say, it seems like Asians just freaking hate black people sometimes. Like, we need to just outright say that. We need to be like, Asians appropriate black culture. They treat black people as cultural access accessories. And at the end of the day, they don't provide their support for black lives. In fact, they are so still so quick to vilify black people if they make like the tiniest slip up. It's like, we need to recognize that in order to actually make strides, in order to actually be allies to the black community. Because I don't know, right now it just seems like 
Asian allyship is weak as fuck, dude. It's freaking weak. And it's just, oh my God, every time, every time I open Twitter and I see a video of an Asian person appropriating black culture, it just makes my blood boil because I remember how people were reacting to that girl who got that tattoo. And it's just disgusting. It's, it's so hypocritical. Anyway, that was basically, that was basically all I wanted to talk about this episode. Um, oof, let me take a sip of water. I was talking for a long time. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to post this anywhere. Um, I don't even know how to get a freaking podcast posted. But, yeah. Um, I don't even know if I should go on right now. I don't know how many minutes this recording is. I could talk about other stuff, but I feel like I could really... This is like a weird first episode, too, where like I don't, I don't really want to be talking about... You know, so I don't want to be dishing out social commentary. I don't have the confidence for that. I don't have the expertise for that. I don't want to be doing this on a regular basis. I just have to rant. Um, I think I've been doing this for like an hour. Hold up. Give me a second. I just need to... Yeah, I've been doing this for like 40 minutes, dude. This is getting long. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, this was kind of fun. This was kind of cathartic. Not fun. I don't know why I said fun. This was just cathartic um yeah so thanks for listening if you listened don't really have anything to promote follow me on my socials at lin malakas l-i-n-m-a-l-a-k-a-s on twitter instagram if you don't already i feel like you probably already are if you're listening to this because i don't see why anyone i don't know would be listening to this right now anyway yeah that, that was it. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. I'll see you uh, in the next episode, if there is a next episode. <laughs> um, yeah, stay happy, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, wash your hands, wear your masks. Okay, I'm rambling. Love you all. <laughs> all right, bye.